So how about you? The next time you're ready to treat a brother or sister badly, speak injuriously, be angered towards them, to malign them, to not help them, fear God. Because God gave his son for them and he loves them very much and you better treat them from a changed heart or maybe you don't have a changed heart. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Dave, today it's Letter Day, and I have a letter from Marilyn in Arizona. She says, your pastor is a highly unusually gifted speaker. His sermons all touch the heart, and his teachings are very beyond the normal. You are so blessed to be working with such a gifted man of God. Thank you, Marilyn. Well, Marilyn, thank you so much for your kind words, but I just need to share, uh, it is all the Lord. Um, I'm not a very good speaker. It is God who uses his word through me to glorify himself. So thank you for your kind words, and may God receive all the glory. So Greg, today we finish our look at Nehemiah chapter 5. Yes, Dave, today we finish our look at how to keep from being overcome by the enemy's attacks through threats from within. So turn with us to Nehemiah chapter 5 as we begin. Well, thanks, Greg. And as always, if you have to miss a portion of today's broadcast, you can hear this entire program online at etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Think through it. Pray about it. Don't run out and do something right away. Think through it. And he consulted with himself. And here, Nehemiah is the leader. He's the governor. He is their leader theologically, in a sense, but also he is their leader governmentally here, also underneath the king. So he thought it over before he acted. We can learn from this. Think things over. Pray about them before you act. It's so easy on impulse to just act. Don't do it. Learn from Nehemiah. Think it over. But then, after thinking it over, notice what he did. I consulted with myself and contended... With the nobles. Wow, we're not to be contentious, are we? No, we're not. But this is a righteous contention. Contended with the nobles and the rulers and said to them, You are exacting usury, each from his own brother. He just clearly steps out right away and shares what the sin is. You're exacting usuries from your brother. This is sin. He contended with them right away. You guys are sinning. It's emphatic. You are exacting usury. So the first thing Nehemiah does in his contending with them is exposes the sin that we've seen in those passages in Exodus, in Deuteronomy, in Leviticus, right? He confronts it. But then, notice, he also, within this, was very wise in how he brought together everyone to address it. He was very wise. Notice what he says, Therefore, I held a great assembly against them. I called everybody together. Nehemiah is the governor, and he gathers everyone together, a large, gadol, great assembly. And it's quite instructive and amazing how he does this, because there are times he doesn't just go out and this, 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 and this, and this to them. He identifies with part of their motives, but then shows where they're wrong. It's very interesting. He's very wise in how he does this. And notice verse 8. And I said to them, We, according to our ability, have redeemed our Jewish brothers who were sold to the nations. Hey, you know what we've been doing? Nehemiah and his associates, they've been using their money to buy Jews out of the nations. This is what we've been doing. He very wisely shows the right heart before he addresses 
the wrong heart. And he has a foundation to show from his own example. And that's what the end of the chapter is about. That's why we'll get to that at the end. 15 to 19 is all about Nehemiah's example, which is a platform for then confronting and doing the right thing. You see, if you're sinning in the same way, you have no platform to confront anybody. If you're sinning, you need to be righteous and walking with the Lord that you can come alongside because God is doing the right thing through you that you can expose and teach and instruct in those situations. He says here, we, according to our ability, have redeemed our Jewish brothers who were sold to the nations. Now would you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us? How ironic is that? I don't think he understood before. He would have been outraged that maybe some of the brothers that he's buying back were actually sold because of the Jewish brothers who were exacting usury. He's, would you do that now that we're going to buy them back? It's crazy, right? That they may be sold to us. And what's their response? Then they were silent and could not find a word to say. Pretty clear, pretty straightforward, big sin. And Nehemiah had a platform to share, had a platform because of his righteousness, because of his doing good to them. It's a big principle for our passage today, that when you do good and you do the right thing, it gives you a platform to do what is right to help those who are being sinned against. Okay, those downtrodden. So notice what he says. And again, I said, the thing which you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? Now he's bringing it out. Hey, there's consequences. What you're doing is not good. Shouldn't we fear God because of the reproach of the nations? We're Jews. We serve the Yahweh, the Lord of the universe. And the nations are probably reproaching. Ha, ha, ha. They're selling them and they're buying them back within themselves. Ha, 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 ha. Shouldn't we fear God? He's pulling the veil right off of their sin, right? The reproach of the nations. It's so sinful. Remember in Leviticus, they were told not to take usurious income, but to fear or revere the Lord. So God is a good God who will make things right, and you better not mess with his people. You need to revere him and fear him and thus treat his people righteously. Think about brothers and sisters around you. Fear and revere the Lord. Treat them rightly. Very serious thing. You see, this selfish and greedy sin of usury was with one's brothers and sisters, and it revealed a self-love rather than a love for the Jewish brethren. It revealed a lack of a fear of God. And when you treat your brothers or sisters in Christ this way, you're revealing a lack of love, but a large self-love and a lack of fear of God. Again, now notice the wisdom of Nehemiah as he continues. There's a lot of wisdom in here that we can learn from. Verse 10, And likewise, I, my brothers, my servants, are lending them money and grain. Hey, likewise. He's identifying with the bad guys at this point. Very interesting but he's identifying with the right part of what they were doing, not the wrong part. You see, it's okay to lend them grain. It's not okay to charge them interest. So he's identifying. Likewise, we're lending grain. He's actually very wise how he comes upon them. He is not putting them at a distance. He's identifying with them in this context. He's explaining the right thing, right? But what does he say? But let us leave off this usury. Stop it, right? Very wise in how he confronts them. We need to learn from this. He confronts them publicly. Very wise. Please let us leave off this usury. He's almost identifying himself as someone's doing it, but he's not. Let us, let's not do this, brothers. Brothers and sisters, let us love one another, right? You know, we need to do it. 
you know, what came to mind here was Proverbs 25:12, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. He is wisely reproving them here. So notice what he says. He continues here. Please, verse 11, give back to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive groves, their houses, also a hundredth part of the money of the grain, of the new wine, and of the oil that you are exacting from them. He's like, hey, here's the solution. Make it right. Give them back their land and their property and all their stuff and give back the interest that you took from them. Give it back. Don't just stop being a creditor, but actually make it right. You know, sometimes we say, hey, with our children, whatever it might be, stop doing that. But we don't show them and teach them what they need to do to make it right. you got to make it right. So he says here, and so how do they respond here? Verse 12. Then they said, we will give it all back and require nothing from them. We will do exactly as you say. Praise the Lord, right? Now, Nehemiah could have said, hey, great, let's all go have a wonderful uh, meal. Let's, you know, well, I don't have much food, but let's go have some fellowship, whatever it might be. Let's do that. But Nehemiah doesn't do that. Nehemiah doesn't do that. He actually holds them to their word in front of everybody. Notice what he does, middle of verse 12. So I called the priests and took an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. I also shook out in front of my garment and said, Thus may God shake out every man from his house and from his possession who does not fulfill this promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. This is not only just a leader, this is a spiritual leader saying there are consequences if you don't hold to what you are agreeing to do. You need to do it. But it is very important. Or may God do this to you. And so then, serious stuff. Nehemiah, the leader here, he's also their spiritual leader in a sense. And he shares these principles. Fulfill your promise that you may not be shaken up and emptied. Fulfill your promise. And then notice how the assembly responded, middle of 13. And the assembly said, Amen. That's awesome, right? It's okay to say Amen. Amen, right? They said Amen. And what? And they praised the Lord. You know, when people do the right thing, praise God. Now, we don't know their hearts. We're not the heart inspectors. But we see something like this. We need to praise God. We need to praise God. We need to praise God when people are doing the wrong thing and they choose when confronted to do the right thing. If your children are doing the wrong thing and you're addressing them and they do the right thing, praise the Lord. And so they're praising the Lord here. Amen, so be it. And they praise the Lord. This is awesome. He confronted their sin wisely. And through this, he was able to do good to the people. Nehemiah is one who's doing good to them. He is doing good. And so what happens? Verse 13, they actually do it. The end of it. Then the people did according to this promise. They did it. Praise the Lord. That internal problem that threatened the work of God taken care of. Because they cried out. And Nehemiah addressed it righteously. And I think one of the principles here is let your leaders address sin. It's for the good of the body of Christ. So praise God for their response. So how can we keep from being overcome by the enemy's attacks from within? We do need to speak up at times about outright sin, as we'll see. And we need to trust the leaders to come along and address that sin in a wise and godly manner for the benefit of those who are being sinned against and oppressed. 
And then lastly, I think we need to realize that we can't do this. We cannot do good unless we've laid a foundation of doing good in the past, unless we have a reputation that is righteous that we could do these things. Notice here in the last portion of these verses, 14 and 19, Nehemiah is going to give an overview of his testimony in a sense. And this testimony is going to reveal that he had a platform because of his previous doing good to step forward and address these situations righteously. And as I mentioned before, if Nehemiah had been taking usury, how could he tell them not to do it, right? If Nehemiah had been doing anything like that, or even if he hadn't even been buying them back, that was helpful, doing a good thing, buying back those slaves, helpful in exposing the sin and hypocrisy of the other people. So God uses what we do as a platform for further good. So then, let's take a look at verse 14. Moreover, from the day I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah. Now, he was appointed. He was given the position to be the governor there, and he was. We'll see for 12 years. But he did not take the perks of governor because of the people starving. He says here, from the 20th year to the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, for 12 years, neither I nor my kinsmen have eaten the governor's food allowance. The governor could have whatever he wants. You could have everyone starving to death. And the governor had this huge food allowance. He'd be just fine. And all his entourage could have all they wanted, right? He said, I didn't take it. But the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took from them bread and wine besides 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants domineered the people. But I did not do so because of the fear of God. And I also applied myself to the work of the wall and did not buy any land. And all my servants were gathered there for the work. Moreover, there were at my table 150 Jews and officials besides those who came to us from the nations that were around us. He's saying, we actually fed a lot of people. Now that which was prepared for each day was an ox, a six choice sheep, and also birds were prepared for me. And once in ten days all sorts of wine was furnished in abundance. Yet for all this I did not demand the governor's food allowance because the servitude was heavy on the people. Remember me, O my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. Very interesting. So here, as we see here, we have these six more verses here where Nehemiah begins to explain something. He begins to give us a picture into his integrity that was a basis for being able to confront this sin and do good for the people. You know, if you're not walking in integrity, God can't use you. You've got to be clean. You've got to be right. You've got to be right with him. You need to confess. There are things in your life that are not right. You're not walking in integrity. You're not going to be able to be in a platform to do good to the people because there's not good happening in your life. And Nehemiah is giving us a really great principle here. The foundation being that he feared the Lord and did good was opposite of those nobles and rulers, which enabled him to confront them. Verse 14, Moreover, from the day that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, 20th year to the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, for 12 years neither I nor my kinsmen had eaten the governor's food allowance. Nehemiah was also the governor of that area. He was appointed to that, and he didn't take the perks 
that would actually stain his testimony and be that which was hurtful to those who he was governing, right? Those Jews. Nehemiah understood the people were in need of food, and he limited himself, he and his kinsmen. And he also did not want to be a burden on them. You think about this, you don't want to be a burden on them. You don't want to be a burden. Look at what he says here, verse 15. But the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took from them bread and wine, besides 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants domineered the people. But I did not do so because of the fear of the Lord. Boy, we could learn from this. Nehemiah feared God, therefore he loved God's people. He feared God. He didn't want to hurt God's people. He didn't want to sin against God. You know, if you fear God, sinning against him is something that you don't want to do. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, right? To depart from evil. We fear him. We revere him. We recognize that he sent his son to pay the penalty for our sins. Sin is a very big issue. And we turn and desire to do what is right. He acted based on the fear of God. So how about you? The next time you're ready to treat a brother or sister badly, speak injuriously, be angered towards them, to malign them, to not help them, fear God. Because God gave his son for them and he loves them very much and you better treat them from a changed heart or maybe you don't have a changed heart. So notice instead of getting the perks of being the governor for the sake of the Jewish people during the famine, he focused on the right things. Notice what he focused on. Verse 16. He says, and I also applied myself to the work on this wall. He could have been all about the business of being a hotshot politician, enjoying all the perks of politicianhood, right? What did he do? He applied himself to the work on the wall, that which God had brought him there for. So I did not buy any land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. He's like, we were here to do the work. We weren't here to make a buck off the people. Guess what? Goodbyes in Israel right now. People are starving. Not good. Not good. He didn't do that. Nehemiah was not aggrandizing himself to make a buck in the current financial crisis of the famine or climate of the famine. He was about God's work and God's people. Therefore, he didn't buy any land. And even though it was pretty cheap because they were starving, the rich could make a buck, but at the cost of a brother. And Nehemiah would not do this because he feared the Lord, but the nobles and the rulers were doing this. Our riches are a trap, brothers and sisters. Be very careful. Just desiring to have money is that which can plunge you into many a pang and can lead to ruin in your faith, right? Be content with what you have and be concerned about who are around you and care for them. Nehemiah feared the Lord and he was about God's work rather than making a buck for himself. He could have done it as the governor, more than these other rulers, but he didn't do it. And therefore, he had a platform to protect the people, to do good to them when others were doing evil to them. Then notice verse 17. Moreover, there were at my table 150 Jews and officials besides those who came to us from the nations who were around us. Now that which was prepared each day was one ox, six choice sheep, and also birds were prepared for me, And once in ten days, all sorts of wine, and it was furnished in abundance. Yet for all this, I did not demand the governor's food allowance because the servitude was heavy on us people. Hey, I had a lot of people that I actually served food to. And I didn't demand the governor's food allowance because 
he was aware of the people suffering the servitude of that. He was aware. He feared the Lord, and thus he loved God's people. And that leads to the last sentence of this chapter. Notice what he says in verse 19. Remember me, O my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. He's saying, God, remember what I've done. Show your favor upon me. My heart has been right to help your people. I've wanted to do it rightly and help them. Remember me for good, for good. You know, you can pray something like that when you're truly serving God and you're truly serving his people. You truly want the best for them. You're giving yourself for them. You're considering them as more important than yourself. Remember me, oh God. And God will do that. He'll bless you to be able to do more for them. Remember me, oh my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. He's not bragging. He's just telling the truth. He's done a lot for them. And he's done it for their good because he feared the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we need to be aware of our brothers and sisters and their needs in a right way. We need to see them as more important than ourselves, not be selfish, but fear the Lord. Now, we don't have a lot of famine here, but there are a lot of other needs, a lot of other areas that we could come alongside and and give our time to help others in the context of the body of Christ, to encourage them, to build them up, to come alongside, whatever it might be. And these actions of good towards the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ are a platform to do more good. Platform to do more good when God brings those circumstances around. Nehemiah acted based on the fear of God. How about you? Again, the next time you're ready to treat a brother or sister badly, whether it's a spouse, whatever it might be, child or someone else, whether it's to speak unrighteous anger, malign, or to not help them, Dear God, I want to close with Philippians chapter 2. Let's turn there. If there is any encouragement in Christ, and the way this is written in Greek, is the answer is yes. If there's any consolation of love, and the answer is yes. If there's any fellowship of the Spirit, and the answer is yes. If there's any affection and compassion, and it is yes. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each one of you regard one another as more important than himself. Those Jews would have not taken usury if they saw their brothers as more important, right? They loved them, right? He says here, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, and being found appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Fear the Lord, obey the Lord, it's going to manifest in doing good to his people, and that will lay a foundation for further good. So how can we avoid the pitfalls and the snares of Satan's attacks from within? We need to fear the Lord. We need to do what is good towards one another. And that is how we can be protected from these internal obstacles to the work of Christ. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. 
You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the Ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, in our closing moments, remind us again what Nehemiah's fear of the Lord led to. Well, Nehemiah had a fear of the Lord, and that fear of the Lord kept him from making sinful, selfish decisions. Well, brothers and sisters, when we lack fear of God, we sin. But Nehemiah feared the Lord and thus cared for his people, and he understood that if he was to be like those other governors, it would hurt God's people. Nehemiah was a godly man seeking the Lord's will for the good of God's people. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you'd like a complimentary CD of today's broadcast, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again tomorrow, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a broadcast ministry of Equipping Bible Church.